good to be back with you today. I'm grateful for time away with my family. We listened to both uh, Shannon and Jake's sermon, which lead us well into our scripture today. God is sovereign, and there is hope in judgment. As we begin, I want to remind us that God's word is precious to his people. We come each Sunday not just to hear the word of the Lord, but to ask the Holy Spirit to change us by the truth of the word. By God's word, we live and breathe and have our being. So today, we will meditate for just a few moments on a portion of Isaiah 28, asking Jesus to speak to us as we remember the gift of his death on behalf of the whole world. So please open your Bibles. I would encourage you to keep it open as we study, because I'm going to be kind of around a lot. This is poetry, so it's a little hard. It's not narrative, so it's a little hard to kind of grab onto it. So Isaiah 28 starting at verse 14, going to 22. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we have an agreement. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, it will not come to us, for, you have, for we have made lies our refuge, and in falsehood we have taken shelter. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, See, I am laying in Zion a foundation stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. One who trusts will not panic. And I will make justice the line and righteousness the plummet. Hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and waters will overwhelm the shelter. Then will your covenant with death be annulled and your agreement with Sheol not stand. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, you will be beaten down by it. This is the judgment. As often as it passes through, it will take you. For morning by morning, it will pass through by day and by night, and it will be sheer terror to understand the message. For the bed is too short to stretch oneself on it, and the covering is too narrow to wrap oneself in it. For the Lord will rise up as on Mount Perizim. He will rage as in the valley of Gibeon to do his deed. Strange is his deed, and to work his work. Alien is his work. Now therefore do not scoff, or your bonds will be made stronger. For I have heard a decree of destruction from the Lord God of hosts upon the whole land. This chapter begins a new wave of preaching from Isaiah to the people. Chapters 28 through 31, which we'll be in for the next few weeks, are believed to go together, and they form a core work of the prophet for the entire first section of the book, which you will remember is 1 through 39. To put it simply, chapters 28 through 31 encapsulate the overall message of judgment in the form of complex poetry. In the opening verses of this chapter, which we did not read, but I would encourage you to, Isaiah renounces the drunkenness of the people and the leaders because they are absorbed with themselves and their own pleasure. It's a picture many of us can see in our mind, those who have had too much to drink stumbling all over the place. And Yahweh says when he comes with great might, those who are in a stupor will be confused about what is happening. And everywhere, Isaiah says, there is a foul stench of excess partying. We know that smell. It's gross. 
Their lives are in jeopardy, but they ignore it. But Isaiah says the remnant who stay with Yahweh, who submit their lives to him, will be crowned with glory and beauty. The priests and the teachers mock Isaiah for his supposed knowledge and wisdom. They tell him that they think his messages are too simple for them because they have understanding, more understanding than he does. In other words, they're saying to him, who are you to be teaching us? They resist and they defy the teaching from the one that God sent to shepherd them. The irony is that the word of Yahweh came to them. Isaiah says, line by line, precept by precept, but in their pride, they rejected it. God says they rejected it line by line, precept by precept. By turning away from the message Isaiah is bringing, they are actually just turning away from the Lord. Our reading today begins with Yahweh telling those who scoff, who scoff at God's requirements that they need to listen to the word of the Lord. A scoffer is very serious in scripture. It is one who resists, rejects the truth, not just rejecting it though, they make light of the truth. They make fun of it. It's a serious charge. And then the people are then rebuked for making a covenant with death. Just think about that. A covenant with death. Because of how God designs the world, humans are created to bond eternally and deeply with him. But we attach ourselves unnaturally to one another, to ideals, to what feels good, to our work, to our hobbies, to technology, to anything we think will bring meaning to our souls. Because our souls are made for God and nothing else, nothing else will satisfy that need. So we align ourselves with what is temporary because it fills our senses and requires nothing of us. Think about that. The things that we align our soul to, which are not God, require nothing of us, which may be the real reason why we do it. I've never heard anyone say, God has offered me life, but I'm going to choose what deadens my soul instead. No one says that. No one says, I'm going to choose to ultimately go away from God eternally. Because we never think that we're so self-focused. But throughout scripture, the Lord calls us, put me first. Because if you don't, you'll fill your life with what deadens your soul. Because your heart and your feet wander far away from me. In addition, Israel is called out for taking refuge, becoming one with their lies and their falsehoods. They're proud of their covenant with death, and they believe that their web of lies is somehow going to protect them from God. Sometimes we lie on purpose because we're afraid, because we want people to think of us in a certain way. Usually it's self-preservation. But there are other times that we are so deceived that we don't even know that we're seeped in lies. We're so deceived by the enemy, by the evil one. We don't realize how those lies keep us so far from God. And then our lives become built on those lies. What are some of those lies that we believe? Well, some of them might be, 
This is all there is. There's nothing more. Or I need to be successful to be somebody in the world. If I'm beautiful, I'm not worthy. There is no church. There's no truth. The church isn't relevant today. That's a lie. I am what I own. That's a lie. More education will save me. Nope. My choices don't matter because when I die, there is nothingness. Nope. Anyone who doesn't think like me is an idiot. Absolutely not. <laughs> Family's the only thing that matters. Nope. I can't be forgiven for some of the things that I've done. Absolute lie. And so into this web of lies comes an offer to the people from God. There is a safe place, Yahweh says. You have taken shelter in your lives, but I am offering a refuge of protection. And Isaiah calls it a foundation stone, one that is tested and sure, a precious cornerstone. It's thought of here as a place of peace, centered on everything that is true about God. Things that we have sung this morning and said this morning. And the ancients used the principle of a stone placed at the corner of a building to guide the workers as they completed the structure, a cornerstone. In the same way, this is saying God has given a foundation for us to guide and align our lives by. Now, we recognize this as a prophecy about Jesus. The picture of the cornerstone is found in several places in the Bible. Notably, Jesus himself calls himself the cornerstone in Matthew. A Messiah will come who will reverse the covenant that the people have made with death. And this Messiah will not only speak truth, this Messiah is the truth, who embodies justice and righteousness. And the people think that they can decide the standard by which they can live. That's a lie. And so they exercise their freedom and respond to God with prideful arrogance. We can do what we want. You're not the boss of us. But here is Yahweh telling them how the cornerstone will be the measuring stick by which his people will live and be judged by. A good reminder, I read this work, said that the universe is a kingdom, not a democracy. It's curious that while the people are actively rejecting Yahweh in Isaiah's time, Jesus will also be rejected. Rejected and killed on behalf of those who will put their faith in him and those who will not for all people. Surely Jesus is not the only way people ask. People ask then. People ask now. How can Jesus be the only way? The world is so big. There are so many different ways. And the question is a valid one. If the world made itself and all the deities were equal, that there is a creator. And Jesus is the word at the beginning and there is only one Lord who can bring life to our dead souls. Only one. Only one who can call us by name and save us from hell, which is literally a life without God. There are no other alternatives. This poem ends with the reminder that the covenant of death will be annulled, either because we will trust in God or because the judgment will sweep people away. The warning here is not to be ignored. 
It's interesting, Isaiah calls God's judgment an alien work. Martin Luther taught from this passage how it's foreign to God's nature to bring destruction because his nature is grace. His nature is love. And today we know that grace comes from the cross. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.